Hey everyone, welcome to the second half of March of 1996's F issue of Nintendo Power Magazine. You're listening to the Playing With Power podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and with me, well, not always, but today, is Ivan. Hello, Mike. How are you tonight? Uh, pretty good. Ben had to uh, go deal with stuff, because busy boy when we're, we're running late, so we're just plowing on through without one of our main hosts but you know i'm the plank constant so i give everything <laughs> we'll just turn this into the taste test <laughs> the brandonless taste test that's right brandon's asleep it'll be just like any other taste test <laughs> yep so we continue through the second half of the magazine with the epic center mm. oh we talk about the the return of zelda in sim city i how the heck are these returning? Well, it says here that the classic series of Super NES games from Nintendo will start showing up in stores within the next few months. Epic gamers should rejoice because this means two of the Epic games will be back in production. Can so it seems that they were hard to find for the last year. Unbelievable. Can you imagine? A time when Zelda games are not in stock? <laughs> Unforgivable. I didn't own an SNES at the time, so I didn't really go through this, but man, that must have been torture. Well, not for me, because I was one of the people that just got it first. Mm, there you go. You don't have to worry about it. Oh, I love that Zelda game. To me, it's like the best one. Yeah, it, it's up there for me. My favorite is Wind Waker, but Link or uh, Link to the Past is a fantastic game. And the next section talks about Enix fans speaking out. Oh, boy. A few months ago, Epic Center asked RPG fans to write in and express their thoughts about the temporary closing of Enix in America and the consequences that action would have for the RPG community. <sighs> we're happy to report that whereas Enix may have doubts about the potential American RPG market, I can't believe there was a time when RPGs were in danger. <laughs> Here, Epic Center editors have been out have been seeing an outpouring of support for these games. Hundreds of letters flooded into Nintendo, and even more messages were sent to us at www.nintendo.com on the internet. On the internet. As opposed to the www.nintendo.com store. So what did they say? Almost everyone was upset Enix was out of the picture, and they wondered about the future of games such as Dragon Quest and Tactics Ogre. And some guy from Whiny Hand, Michigan, said, I've been waiting for Dragon <laughs> Quest VI for two years. Please find someone to publish in the U.S. if Enix will not. How much can it cost to simply translate the text messages to English? And, well, we get into it. It says, Michael brings up a good point. What is the cost of translating a game from Japanese to English? Well, you have to pay writers, translators, and programmers to make all those changes, and that can take several months. For instance, Nintendo spent just about $50,000 for the Holy. game translation of EarthBound. Why? <laughs> How in the world can it cost that much? <laughs> well, I guess it's not just that they're translating it to English. They also guess have to localize what's being said, not just what language is being said, because they yeah. have to adapt to the culture as well. So you need someone who doesn't know just what, like, oh, well, this is what this word means in English. You're just like, 
Really? You're going to make comparisons to like a, a, a bento box? Like, Americans aren't going to get that. So then you have to figure out like, oh, we're going to switch it to apple pie because, you know, that's what Americans know. Yeah, I guess everyone gets paid for all that. I, I still feel like I'm being explained to why a hammer costs $30,000 for the military. <laughs> well, because it's bla- because it's bathed in the blood of your enemies. Mm. So the next one is Michael Valvano saying it is patently unfair that these games are being released in Japan that will never make it to the United States. Fuck, I agree with this guy. We have to put up with two years of hype, two years of excuses and delays. Michael's frustration, as they say, is felt by all American RPG fans. It does not seem fair. The ridiculously long development time was even noted by Mr. Yamachi, the president of Nintendo, during his speech at last year's Shoshinkai. As for all the games that are coming out in Japan, one must keep in mind the numbers. Japanese consumers have proven they will purchase millions of copies of a good RPG, and Americans haven't. Wow. Americans. That hurts. (laughs) Clearly, we have to expand our Epic Gamer base so it is economically feasible for publishers to release translations in the United States. (laughs) (laughs) On this letter from Edith Jeter from Pull-Up, Washington... I'm now 76 years old. I may not live long enough to see Dragon Quest VI unless someone takes action soon. Wow. Uh, (laughs) That's some pressure. Come on, Nintendo. This lady only has another few months to live. uh, That was 20 years ago. She's definitely dead. (laughs) God, you're on a roll tonight. (laughs) If this letter doesn't demonstrate the remarkable nature of RPGs, nothing will. These games are loved by gamers of all ages and all walks of life. They involve entire families like Edith's. And they become a part of our lives. I would have, I, I would have enjoyed this better if it was Edith Bunker. Well, I think it's uh, saved by the town that she's from. Uh, Pulley Up. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good name there. <laughs> and it says, uh, Your comments have been noted... And all the letters in support of Dragon Quest VI have been tallied, and that figure has been sent on to the evaluation department at Nintendo of America. But this is just a small step. What will really turn things around is to involve more players within the epic ca- with this epic category of games. Word of mouth is still the best way to let people know about great games in demand, so don't be shy. That's and right. Of- if you don't get anything, it's on you. <laughs> speaking of great RPGs, Super Mario RPG is next. You can see beautiful inserts of uh, Final Fantasy V, which never made it here, and Super Mario World, which did. And then we get to see the isometric view of the RPG Super Mario. Yeah, so, this... Ivan, did you? Uh, what's your familiarity with this? I never played this one. I, I, I had an odd gap in my video game playing. I had a NES growing up, and then... Uh, when I moved in with my girlfriend after college, she had an SNES, so I started playing those games. I never got a 64. I went straight to GameCube a year or two after graduation. So I've heard a lot about this game. I, I've heard it's good, but I have never played it. Yeah, I don't know if you know my history with this game. Do tell. I, uh, I, uh, in 1992, after I just finished... Final Fantasy 2 and Super Mario World I sent a letter saying to Nintendo through Nintendo Power because I didn't know Nintendo of America 
or you know Nintendo of Japan's address, and I didn't know Japanese, so I just sent it to them to forward it on my behalf, saying that uh, uh, RPG like like Square Enix and Nintendo should team up to make a Final Fantasy type game with Super Mario characters in it, and they should face an enemy so big that even Bowser have would have to team up with Mario to mm. do, to beat them. And I'm sure they gave you. Late, I'm sure they gave you credit then for that idea when they finally came through. Yeah, four years later, you know, standard development time for, you know, making the deals, uh, licenses, properties, development. And then this comes out, and not a single mention. I'm pretty sure I'm not in the credits. And they uh, never even gave me a free copy either, the pricks. Well, we'll have to comb through. We'll have to see if uh, there was some code, maybe... Uh Letter transposed here or there, or we'll get a fuck you, Mike. <laughs> or, yeah, we'll just get, like, a copy of my letter as, like, a tiny JPEG somewhere in the source code. <laughs> we'll have to look on YouTube videos, and it'll just be like, we have no idea who the hell Mike is, or why Nintendo told him to go fuck himself. Yeah, or maybe it'll be like that, what was it, Chris Houlihan from Link to the Past, had that special <laughs> room that nobody knew about. The Mike King room, and it's just, like... Bowser getting bent over by Mario over a pommel horse. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you keep playing this game. You'll find that room eventually, Mike. And uh, in the middle of this, we finally get the fold-out that describes all the Super Mario World. Uh, Yoshi's Island, yeah. Yeah, Super, yeah, Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. All the bosses, like Bert the Bashful, which is just like a uh, a penguin... If he was an old man, because his pants are now up to his nose. <laughs> it's a good look. <laughs> then we got Salvo the Slime, which is just like a tiny, narrow-eyed slime. And then Bigger Boo. And then a potted ghost, Prince Froggy, which gets huge. Uh, well, he swallows you, and you have to, you have to basically destroy his stomach lining. Yeah, that one. I, the bosses in this game were very creative, I thought, and that that one was particularly fun. Yeah, and then there's uh, naval piranha, which is just a piranha plant without a pipe, so you really get to see what they're made of. Yeah, and then marching milled, which is just uh, kind of like if Ditto from Pokemon tried to do a Kirby impression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then a, Hook, hook sorry, Bill the Koopa. Hook Bill the Koopa, which is just a big red Koopa that gets uh, that gets embiggened. Oh, which is now a word in the Webster Dictionary, so now it's real. <laughs> is it me, or does he look like he's about to chow down on something, and he's real happy about it? Oh, yeah, I mean, how long has it been since he's had Italian? <laughs> And then we got slug. What? Sorry, the inappropriate thoughts going through my head and alternatives uh, related to his mental state. <laughs> he does look a little derpy. Yeah, I'm afraid so. And then there's Sluggy the Unshaven, which is a pile of goo with hair. Oh, God. And even his heart has whiskers. Yeah. That's, that's friggin' great. And then there's Raphael the Raven. Oh, yeah, but. Who, uh,. Who, who looks like he's seen a house fly, and he's seen a dragon fly, 
But he sure never done seen an elephant fly. Yeah, programmed by uh, Ryan Higa from, uh, <laughs> from last half, I'm sure. And then tap tap the red nose, which is uh, basically as well basically the spiky ball on the end of a mace. If he had like a W.C. Fields red nose. And an incredibly smug expression. <laughs> he is then, real happy. And then we top it all off with King Bowser, who's got a runny nose. Mm. And I like the fact that his room has got <laughs> crayon scribbles on the wall. That's right. You, you know baby Bowser is a fucking little shit. Yeah, he'll be damned if he colors in the lines. Or even in the book. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this this was a good ending boss fight. I uh, recently completed uh, Yoshi's Woolly World. And the, the end boss, I won't give anything away, but the end boss I found to be a little underwhelming. The, the fight here in uh, Yoshi's Island was a good one. They uh, changed the perspective a little bit like the Battletoads, the first Battletoads boss. So you're aiming out as opposed to across. It's fun. Right. Yep, and uh, wait, Woolly World, what console was that on? Was it Wii, Wii U? or? Yeah, I played it on the Wii U. I'm uh, still doing catch-up. I've only just gotten to Switch games. So now we're back to Super Mario RPG after that little diversion, talking about the sky <laughs> is falling. The incorrigible Bowser, King of the Koopas, has done it once again. He snatched Princess Toadstool from her home and imprisoned her in Koopa Castle. When well, will he ever learn? Strictly speaking, he had, he snatched her away from a field. So unless she's homeless now, living on a park bench. <laughs> or she was just out for a walk. Yeah. Or the entire fucking kingdom is her home, so... <laughs> it says, yep, yeah, so Mario rushes off, rushes off and engages Bowser, and, you know, for an opening battle, the fact that you and him are facing off on chandeliers. Yeah, that's badass. That's, like, epic shit. Like, like that's how, if they made a Super Mario movie, this is how the... This is what it should fucking entail. <laughs> Not, like, fungus and bumper cars all over a city. Oh, God. It's one of the worst movies ever made. I mean, Dennis Hopper is Bowser. What the fuck? Yeah. But it says, Defeat is snatched from the jaws of victory when Smithy, a giant sword, crashes through the star road above the world and plunges straight into the castle. Mario, Princess, and Bowser are flung apart by the impact. When they pick themselves up, they realize the world has changed and not from the better. Mario begins his journey to set things right by going meeting the Chancellor of the Mushroom Kingdom. There he meets Mallow, which was what Ben called the cauliflower thing. <laughs> yeah. He yeah, it's a pretty Mallow, good description. Who just wants to find his family. And the two companions head off and they meet they find the princess and they meet Gino, a mysterious entity who must collect the seven star pieces that fell to Earth after Smithy plunged through the star road. Eventually, even the princess and Bowser join Mario's party. But unless the damage is repaired, no wishes will come true and the Mushroom Kingdom will be doomed. So would this been the first time, then, that Bowser and Mario teamed up? I think this would be the first time, yeah. And uh, 
Uh, it may not have happened again until uh, Mario and Luigi: The Inside Story. Yeah. For the DS. Yeah, yeah, I, I played that game. He also I loved it. Oh, absolutely! That the it's a good series. They also get together in um, what is it? Uh, Paper Mario for the Wii, whatever yes. that that one was called. Super Paper Mario, uh, Paper Mar- uh, Super Paper Mario, and the uh, right the the sealed door or something. Right. Yeah, it's always cool when they team up. Oh yeah, just the animosity that Bowser shows for Mario is just like, what the fuck have I done to you? What's with the attitude? Well, that and being able to actually play Bowser. I mean, it it's cool enough to be able to play Peach in various games, which is fairly unusual. But to be able to play the original, you know, end boss of a game in a later entry in the series. Oh yeah, playing Bowser, and then when he gets that Mega Mushroom, and he becomes super huge, and he plows through a level, and you're just like, he's he's in. Enjoy- He's enjoying this way more than anyone ever would. Yeah, yeah. That that was the first time uh, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door that that I actually played Bowser. And it blew my mind. And it's like you got to be freaking kidding me! I'm playing as Bowser and I'm going through a replica of Super Mario One One. Oh my god! This came in my pants right then. <laughs> Which was awkward, you know. I was living at home and. <laughs> Anyway. Well, it's really awkward because you were playing a store demo. <laughs> yeah, in my home. I, I, oddly enough, I was living in a GameStop. <laughs> uh, and then we get to see a lovely fold-out with the Avengers. Uh, War of the Gems, which, you know, if you just see the bottom font, you swear that you're looking at a He-Man game. Yeah, it really does. It's exactly the font that they're using there, the nice blue light blue with the dark blue border and uh, <laughs> you get to see Spider-Man Iron Man Captain America doing some epic battle pose and then we get to see the Hulk who genuinely looks like a fucking monster mm-hmm. with like long nails and he's got like a and his jaw is just like off to the side like he's chewing cud yeah I noticed that it's like the entire right corner or I guess from his perspective left corner of his face is missing and he's got like a Herman Munster flat top. Well, you know, when you're the Hulk, who cares what your hair looks like? Yeah, they're all just hoping that those purple short that those purple shorts hold. He's got some pretty good claws going there. Look at that. Oh, but look at his fucking feet. In this one, he looks like a like a devolved zombie <laughs> waist. It's like, is the Hulk okay? Like, he's, he's got has all that gamma radiation given him cancer? Yeah, I don't think I want to know. Looks like some of his toes have fused together. Yeah, and some of the other ones are spread way too far apart. Oh, yeah, and his toes are like hourglasses in some cases. Like, they just narrow to the bone. All right. With veins. We we gotta move on. I'm gonna lose my lunch. And then we get to see Thanos in the background with the Infinity Gems. Who, uh... You know, it doesn't look as good as you know that Homer Simpson guy that we see in the, in the new, in the new Avengers movie. Hmm. I still haven't seen so many of those movies. Have you Have you been seeing the Avengers every, movies that they come every out? Every single one of them. Any duds? Any Any ones I should make sure to hit? Um, Thor Two is the least great, but that's still not bad. 
for Marvel. Like, they're fucking great, amazing. So when you put out a movie that's just good, that's the disappointment. Yeah. Yeah, so, I've been enjoying the, the X-Men it's movies necessary. anyway. It's necessary because it's worth it to find... It's worth it because it's uh, Thor 3, Ragnarok is... Oh, God damn it. It's, it's one of the best movies. It is up there with Guardians of the Galaxy. And for, like, just hilarious epicness. And it's up there with Black Panther in terms of spectacle. All right. I'll have to, I'll have to catch up. So anyway. Oh, yeah, and then we get to see uh, nice previews of the upcoming world, like Mario's shack. You know, considering how often he helps the princess, you think she'd be keeping him as a retainer. <laughs> well, you know, he's spending all of his time rescuing the princess. He's not, uh, he's neglecting his plumbing business and, well, the rent's come due and he had to find alternative housing. <laughs> You know, you should play this game because it, it's you know for an RPG it still maintains action. Because uh, when we see Mario in battle, you can see him punch an enemy, but you can also jump on them. And if you time it just properly, then you will get a double hit. Yeah. Or a double jump, and you can even use magic points to add flames to your uh, to your punches. Yeah, it sounds a, a lot like the battle mechanics of the Paper Mario series. Yeah, that's where it came from. They they were based off this. Yeah. And then we get to see Peach, who looks like a blow-up doll. <laughs> yeah, with the wrong uh, color dress on. <laughs> well, purple. Yeah, she usually wears pink. This is purple. I guess she's feeling a little, a little bit of a renegade. You know, now it, that she's it could- out. Could be my imagination, but I think I see a little bit of a bump there in the in the midsection. <laughs> oh, that's Bowser Jr. there. <laughs> yeah. She didn't tell Mario about it. The ten months that she spent in Bowser's castle as he was rescuing her. <laughs> and uh, then we get to see Mallow, and we see his attacks. He's more like a, a, a cute little mage, like a white mage. He will use a heal spell that will heal a member of the party with a uh, cute little rejuvenating shower with a smiley face on it. And he can also use him to... Uh, he uses a skill called Psychopath, <laughs> which is terribly misleading because he does not go ballistic and take take one of the enemies to his little plastic-covered room. But it only just you hear, it only just tells you how many hit points your enemy has left. Yeah, I think they uh, underspent on the localization for that one. They needed to to explain to them uh, psychopath doesn't mean uh, telepathy or... It doesn't mean psychic. Yeah, that's right. It doesn't mean psychic. There you go. Again, that's what that's what that $50,000 localization is all about. Yeah, I, I guess I was wrong. I guess they cheaped out a bit on it. And then we get to see Gino, who is not just a uh, a Dexy's Midnight Runner song. Mm-hmm. You know, a Dexy's Midnight Runner? Okay, whatever. And he <laughs> is like the black mage of the group. Where you can use your... Uh, if you hold any button, it will boost the power of his attack beam. And you get to see him just like pull out a fucking Kamehameha. Yeah, it's a, a pretty powerful beam there. They're showing it on... Uh page 61 
Yep, and uh, one of the cool parts about this game is that after uh, many battles, you will get a uh, you'll be rewarded with max hit points, as well as a freebie game, where if you find the right uh, character, like a Yoshi shell game, mm-hmm. and if you find it, then you uh, you win double experience points. Nice. So it's every battle is fun and engaging, and it and it never gets it never gets to the point where you just have to like phone through the battles. Each one of them is engaging and fun. Yeah, that's one of the big downsides to so many art uh, JRPGs. You know, the wave after wave of largely fruitless battles just to get a little bit of experience points or some minor resource. Well, um, Breath of Fire realized that, and they put the auto pilot function in their battles so you can just like as soon as you get your game as soon as you get your battle you just go to auto and then you go make a sandwich you get a get a glass of juice or something yeah i i gotta talk though about the illustrations on uh is it page 62 61 the at the top of the page we got what <laughs> looks like some sort of demonic sprite complete with red horns, riding a sword like a jackhammer, ready to pile into something. Not an angry-looking sword, no less. It's got angry eyes. But that's not the most disturbing one. The most disturbing one is to his left. The bow. Yeah. Yeah. Boyer. Oh, my God. Alternating red and yellow sections with the most demonic face Imaginable eyes going in different directions, bright purple lips with fangs, really spiky dark red hair. Oh, this, those chameleon eyes. This thing is disturbing. Oh yeah, because that's the thing with Smithy. He he's a he's a weapons factory, so all of his soldiers are weapons of war, like axes, bows, swords. I expect he's a bad guy in this game. <laughs> yes, the giant sword that shoots out weapons that terrorize everything is bad. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> and uh, just to show how cute Mario is, if you on the next page we get to see him ride a go-kart, ride a mining cart, mm. with uh, Mode 7 behind, and you can also jump on tadpoles to do music. And you even get to do Yoshi races, and we get to meet Yoshi's, his his gangster punk friend, Boshi. Oh, it's Yoshi's nemesis, who hasn't been beaten at the races in ages. Is it seriously called Yoster Isle? Yoster Isle? Yeah. You're kidding. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, they were going the whole hog uh, in the... Veiled racism on this one, weren't they? Oh, and then we get to see Bowser, and he's he's the guy that will use Big Boo to terrify enemies. And it looks like at one point, I completely forgot about this, you fight a chained-up Donkey Kong? What? And and you get to use a uh, a poison gas cloud, which hopefully is not a fart. That depends on who it's coming from. If it's Mario, you better believe it. That's how he gets all that jumping power. <laughs> and then Crusher, which basically he he brings a uh, a, ro- a rock spike 
out of the out of the ground. So this is just oh man, this is making me miss this game more and more. This is a good game, but you gotta play it. You'll enjoy it. We should probably cover it for the taste test <laughs> at some point. Yeah, there you go. You know, once once we're sure that Brandon is tired of RPGs, that's right. like, okay, one more. <laughs> yeah, when we're looking to finally kick him off the show for good. All right, Brandon, we got the perfect game for you. Enough we're, of this not, Zelda business. We're not firing him if he quits. <laughs> <laughs> we're not the bad guys here. No, Brandon's good. show wouldn't be the same without him. Anyway... Let's move uh, on. Next is Tales of Fantasia. So I, I expect that you're going to want to talk about the girl on the top right of that initial drawing. The one that's like side saddling a broom. Yeah. And giving you that notice me senpai stare. Yeah. I, I, I was looking at it a little too quickly before and I didn't notice her feet. So I'm thinking that it was just uh, extraordinarily exaggerated tits. <laughs> nice little optical illusion there. You can even see the dark little nipples at the end of the knees. <laughs> she got them strong titty bones. Yeah. Anyway. So Tales of Fantasia. Another one that I am sad to say I did not play, but I did watch some videos on it looked like a another quality SNES RPG oh how good was the music it was pretty good and the graphics also good <laughs> yeah it, 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 uh, it made me want to play it for sure and this has a, uh, a history it says why is Tales of Fantasia garnered so many rave reviews from critics and fans since its release at last December well, at a time when RPGs are becoming more cinematic and scoring presentation, Namco decided to play that up to the hilt and give the give top, which is Tales of Fantasia, because it's Fantasia with a P-H. Mm. We want to give it the look and feel of an interactive movie. They turned to a genre of sci-fi and fantasy-related animation called OAVs, Original Animation Videos. Like, if what do you mean original animation? Aren't they all? <laughs> I was going to say... Department of Redundancy Department here. <laughs> As opposed to the ones that we just copied off the vault from the 1920s. And it yeah. says, in Japan, many voice actors enjoy the star status that Americans reserve for their on-camera counterparts. A number of famous vocal talents were enlisted to provide the voices for the game's hero. Game's heroes, which are heard throughout the game. Character designs were executed by acclaimed artist Kosuke Fujishima best known for his hit You're Under Arrest and Oh My Goddess OAV series even the game's opening resembles nothing so much as a film's title sequence complete with a digitally recorded theme song and vocals yeah I, I barely had time to turn this game on and was just blown away with everything but uh, you know you said you never got to play this guess what nobody did because with everything we're about to find out about this game, it never got released. Are you kidding? The ROM I played had to be ha said in it, de-japped version. Oh, God. Wow, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a shame. 
<laughs> oh yeah, because this game, like, well, the fact that, and uh, in the beginning, it shows a quote from some, it was some American quote, but it was read in Japanese, like written in English, but a voice <laughs> says it in Japanese. Nice. And I was just like, wow, that's where you know for a Super Nintendo game. You know, considering like the game that I like to do, I played, I looked at two games Frantic Flea, which looks like it was done in MS Paint by an <laughs> idiot, and then this game. And it makes you wonder, like, how could these two games, like, so disparate in, so disparate in their appearance, both be for the same system? Yeah, it, it's, it's easy. One tried. <laughs> That's right. The other one was designed by Nick Toons. <laughs> yeah. So we get to see combo attacks where heroes learn spells, and you can assign combos to buttons, and then. Where you can uh, your attacks are powered by technical points, which you can replenish by eating food and winning battles and using items. So it's a game that keeps you constantly engaged to not just like conserve your energy, but use it. And here we get to see some anime characters like a priestess named Mint. Mint Adnade. Just rolls off the tongue. And then Clarth Sester. <laughs> who is dressed like I don't know like he's got like these flaps on the side like he's trying to dress up like bunny ears yeah he kind of reminds me of uh, oh how would I describe it Usagi uh, Yojimbo Gangsta Gandalf <laughs> got these uh, yeah Gangster was in his punk phase in his 20s that's right he's got the tattoos on the arms he's got the Hair that's just going crazy with the hat, near the you pointed hat. You shall not keep me down, man. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the first line. Got edited. <laughs> and then we got uh, Clarth Sester, who. Well, that was Clarth Sester, yeah. Yeah, better be a girl. No, the girl is Arch Clain or Archie Clain. Arch Clain. Wow. No, wait. Who the hell? Wait, no, Clarth is the guy. Right. So Arch Klain is the girl who's got her hands on her hips and just staring at the camera like, eh? Eh, you like? Yeah, I, I still can't get over the way that they've drawn her legs. I mean... Oh, she's got these... She's got pants that would make MC Hammer go, you know, show some uh, show some restraint. It looks like a vulva. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, it is like some engorged labia majora action going on here. Oh my god. Her her entire bottom half is camel toe. <laughs> it really is. Camel toe with feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh my god. Uh, and then we uh, round us out with... Uh, the famous uh, cousin of Charles Barkley, Chester Barkley. <laughs> this archer with long, flowing blue hair. Yeah, he's basically like anime Orlando Bloom. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Damn, I want to play this game. It looks fantastic. It looks lush, crisp, good. 
you know, we should definitely start doing more RPGs for the taste test. <laughs> well, unfortunately, RPGs don't lend themselves quite as well to a smaller format unless you want to break it up into a number of episodes. What do you think, people? Do you want to do? Do you want us to do this or not do it? If you don't object to it, it it's going to happen eventually. <laughs> oh God, Brandon, Brandon, listen. <laughs> he listen means it. Show, Brandon. He means it. <laughs> All right. And now we move on to strategy. PTO, Pacific Theater of Operation Two, and well, you can just tell from these screenshots, this is an interesting and engaging game. The first one is you look at an island and you've got things like USA move phase, but you don't see any ships, you don't see any anythings. It's just a map with nothing on it. Very very engaging, page, yeah. Then the second page is basically says like Yorktown is fuck with the uh, DSU Kingfisher and I guess it's like a readout of like power, range, arms. So I guess it's just telling you how many aircraft you have on your carrier maybe and then at the bottom it looks like you've got like Vladimir Putin staring at you (laughs) with a suit and tie no less it's like Japanese Putin and we've got more more numbers but not looking like the previous screen full of numbers and then we got a, a, a grid on the next insert which looks like a really broken version of Battleship like that, if most of the pegs were missing. Is that Don Knotts in that one picture? Page 67. <laughs> top left. Yeah. Golly, we gotta sink the Lexington or we're fucked. We got Don Knotts versus Putin. I wonder who's gonna win that one. Watch <laughs> oh the weather. God. The weather could be a thorn in your side, but if you're flexible enough, you can usually find ways to turn it to your advantage. All right, if this game wasn't uh, balls-to-the-wall action enough for you, we got weather for you to factor in. Ooh, and then it says, like, we can save your powerful negotiation cards <laughs> yeah, for the last few minutes. And we look at this amazing <laughs> board with Kim Jong-un I'm giving some salutes. And the last one is, like, someone giving a hearty handshake. You have to remember that in the bedroom. Powerful negotiation cards. Uh, and then the next one looks like some isometric like vector graphics kind of like if they were like a a pre-rendered model of a a pre-model of Star Fox of some R-Wing I gotta say uh, they do their best to give you a thorough description and uh, guide to this game and then they put this green font all over half of it. <laughs> so fuck you. You're going to need to sit there and try to piece together word by word what they're saying, like some fucking optometrist test. I mean, what were they thinking? Yeah, it's like it's like some secret, you know, like the Tuskegee experiments where they like to put poison in vaccines to, to uh, screw around with black people. <sighs> this is like this is like the Tuskegee experiment for their readers to see if they can induce dyslexia. <laughs> oh my god. It's incredible. I mean, look at page 68. Like two thirds of it. Yeah, we got it's... three rows of Epic Center in the background. Uh, green, 
in black. Green green graphics, black letters, white page. No. Unbelievable. Well, and, uh, yeah, they talk so much about this game that even I don't want to read about it. <laughs> it's like five pages of the magazine. It's turn, ridiculous. Turn two, Hawaii and elsewhere. The fleets at Pearl Harbor are refueled, but not ready to sail. Each type of ship... Oh. Pearl Harbor. Kill so me. This is where you, where you get to start shit. Oh, man. Or is this supposed to be like someone reimagining, like, what if, what if Pearl Harbor got any warning? What, what, what could have been? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's a, that's the Japanese fucking with you right there. We're gonna make a game that teaches you what you should have done on that on that fateful day. You know, for a military base, you think somebody would have been manning the guns on those ships. Yeah. Uh, Classified information. We got Sequest DSV. Fuck, I hated this game. <laughs> I can't imagine why those screenshots of uh, of nothing. Incredibly sparse 3D red lines. Wow. No, that's red alarm. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong. Oh, red alarm looks like yeah, shit. Yeah, you're then. on the right page, just the wrong section. <laughs> yeah, red alarm looks like shit. Then. Oh, it does. And then we got Lemmings. Lemmings with, 2. Uh, with subtitles. Because <laughs> apparently now the Lemmings will talk. That's right. We didn't really want to jump off that cliff. The director pushed <laughs> us. <laughs> Help! Uh, sweet, sweet Disney callback. Mm -hmm. That blew my mind. I took that as gospel for years. It's like, what do you mean? They don't actually do that. Can't you trust your video games for reality? <laughs> Can't you trust Disney? Won't somebody oh. please think of the lemmings? Yeah. And I got Jungle Strike, which <laughs> we get to see a, a parade, but it's not even on a float. It's just like two East Coast rappers <laughs> cruising in their, cruising in their hoopty. Yeah, wearing cowboy hats? I mean, what is that? Cowboy like like white cowboy hats over over brown leather. Yeah, there you go. And it says the Quality. sequel to Desert Strike. Jungle Strike, the sequel to Desert Strike. Oh well. At least they follow it up with a good game. At least Oh I, yes. I'm told. I'm sad to say I haven't played this one either. Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Uh -huh. They tell us about the creative use of poultry. <laughs> Yeah, they said they've discovered three tricks. Oh, God. This is uh, like the, the worst porn. You'll need the boomerang and the rooster. <laughs> it says, throw the boomerang as far as you can, grab the rooster before the boomerang returns, and the boomerang will just spin around you because your hands are full. <laughs> so Picking up enemies after you. Any, any items left defeating enemies. That's pretty good. Yeah, and it says the boomerang will defeat enemies. When you drop the when you drop the rooster, you'll pick up the boomerang and all the items it collected. As for the other two tricks, sprinkle a little magic powder on, or fire the flame rod at a chicken and see what happens. <laughs> so many ways you could take that. We wonder what it is about chickens that get the Nintendo programmers so excited. 
Yeah, I'm wondering too. Uh, and then we get to see Shaq Fu, which takes you to a secret arena. Is it one where a basketball fighting game made sense? <laughs> yeah, this is this is when uh, Shaq thought that he could do anything, just because he's Shaq. Who am I kidding? We're still in that time. <laughs> Shaq, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. Oh, God. Actually says that. Oh, my God. It looks like he's fighting some horseshoe crab demon. Yes, as Shaq does. Uh, and then we got Pack in Time, where you can use stage select for, well, Pack in Time. And Mortal Kombat 3 with stealth select, smoke fatalities, and a smoke pit fatality. And, oh, my God, more pages of fatalities. Yeah. Lots and lots of Mortal Kombat codes. Sledgehammer for Shao Kahn. They, where does he keep something that big anyway, they ask. <laughs> and uh, Smoke Friendship, where you do a friendship code and he takes out what looks like a mega horn strapped to his chest, aimed right at the other player. It's like the mask. You know when he did that little squeeze and went like, Aooga! Yeah. I'm not sure how that indicates uh, friendship, but all right, whatever. Well, it looks like he's killing the predator with, <laughs> with, with like, wrapper pants. Yeah, really, this a... looks like the predator just, like, went out on the street to, to play b-ball in the court with his homies. Or it's a fembot installation gone wrong. <laughs> Coming straight yeah, took, out of it. Took one of the fly girls from In Living Color and just gave her the predator face from Dreadlocks. <laughs> oh, well. And next is NHL 96. Did you play sports games? Fuck no. Nope, me neither. Now on to the Smurfs. <laughs> it was a Game Boy game, so be prepared if you played this on the Super Game Boy for so much fucking blue. Dabo D dum duh. Wow. That, that's incredible. They show you some screenshots. How can you distinguish anything in there? Every, the log is blue. The house is blue. I have a girlfriend and she is so blue. Oh, my God. At least the forest, they, they make it that uh, very ugly olive green color. And now the Smurfs are green. <laughs> that's right. Uh, That's unbelievable. Ben played this game, but he's not here to talk about it. Said it was a good game. It played well, good hit control. And uh, I'd have to say the all-star of this coverage is on page 80 with Azrael presenting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Show us the money there, Azrael. Azrael is perched, like, leaning forward on his front paws, looking back with his tongue out in anticipation while raising his ass in the air. Like, That's he just right. don't care. That's right. He's saying, come and get it, Gargamel. <laughs> come on, get get that wet, warm Q-tip. That's right. Pussy's <laughs> here for you. <ya. laughs> takes us to the counselor's corner with DKC2 Diddy's Conquest, and we got a special guest counselor, Cranky Kong himself. Mm. Now, this was one I played. This was a good game. Indeed. So how do you expect to finish the game if you can't get through Red Hot Ride? 
back in my day. Yeah, okay, don't get antsy. I'll help you. <laughs> so, rise above your problems by hovering over the steam vents. Gee, wish I had, had thought of that. I wondered what those things were. I just kept falling straight into the lava. Take the low road by letting your balloon fall and then go below the bees that are just hovering in the middle of the steam vent. Yeah, and then he tells you how to open the crocodile core. And uh, it says if you, can, if you can't get the croc's head open, it's because you haven't played enough of the game. You need to finish the game and complete all five of the Lost World levels, then return to Lost World. The croc's head will be open. What's in there? Find out for yourself. And it says that the croc's head can... Well, you don't have to, because right underneath it says the croc's head conceals King K. Rool's final lair. Conk the king and claim absolute victory. I love that uh, expression that uh, Diddy Kong has on his face at the bottom it's of page battle toad. 82. Yeah, it absolutely is. A miniature battletoad face. That is a disgusting <laughs> sprite for K. Rule. Yeah, it looks like he saw, like, Lola Bunny playing basketball or something. Or and he's just like, furry in shorts. Ah. He's got that bottom half. It looks like the little squid tentacles from, uh, was it the Pirates of the Caribbean guy? Oh, uh, Davy Jones. Jones, yeah. Oh, uh, the King Carew looks fucking disgusting. It looks like he's covered in moss, slime, boogers, and mucus. Uh. Speaking of which, Randy Casper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, so. Randy Casper, who has apparently fallen into Jackson Pollock cartoon land. <laughs> he looks happy about it anyway. He's got a nice <laughs> smile on his face. Non-Euclidean geometry suits me best. Yeah, so, I, I, he, I think the... Did you ever see Men in Black 3? No. Well, I, um, he makes a, a guest appearance in that movie, so to speak. Is it, it turns out that uh, he's one of the men in black. Randy Casper? Uh, no. Uh, the artist. Jackson and, Pollock? Wait, no, no, I got my artist, my, my bullshit avant-garde artist mixed up. <laughs> Who am I? Who's the guy that did the soup can? Andy Warhol. But there you go. That's the guy. That's the guy. Yeah, he's Agent W. Huh. And uh, he's telling us how to find the real thief in Breath of Fire and curing the Queen of Tunlin, which was, uh, as I mentioned before, the liposuction level, because you have to shrink down, enter the Queen, who is being, uh, she's oh being cursed with a fat spell that's making her fatter and fatter until eventually she's just going to crush herself. All right, let so, me get this straight. So... She's getting fatter, and yeah, in order to eating, but she's still getting fatter. In order to cure this, you have to enter her. Her bloodstream. Right. And and you can see that as you uh, in the last insert, you can see little uh, veins, ventricles, arteries that you're entering through, and you have to defeat fatty corpuscles it's in like, each area. Looks like a reproductive system. I swear, you got the ovaries on each side, little holes on the left and the right. I think those things are sperm, man. 
and then you actually and then you fight like the big fatty blob and then when you do that then the spell wears off and then she can you know get out of bed and you don't have to tear a hole through the castle to move her oh I thought you were going to say you fight the big fatty blob and then it spews this hot liquid all over you and then next we got Bob Givnan, who kind of looks like the Joker. Wait a minute, is this the same guy from before? Just in a photo negative view, like... It's the exact same <laughs> expression on his face as, uh, what was it, Randy Casper. Yeah, he's, except he's got Bill Cosby's sweater. And yeah. he's talking to us about Yoshi's Island. Can I return to previous worlds? And it says, yes, you can if you save your game. <laughs> well, thank you, Bob. Giving us the good coat, uh, the good advice there. Uh, how do you reach the ring in World 2-7? How do you get past the fuzzies? Well, would you want to? Touch it's fuzzy, get, get dizzy is awesome. I remember that level. Touch fuzzy, get dizzy. That's no right. How many eggs you throw, you can't get rid of them. The trick is getting a round of fuzzy furry. Fuzzy flurry is to dispose of the ones that are about to bump into Yoshi. You know, fuzzy is legal now in most states. <laughs> but touching them is uh, is forbidden. <laughs> if you're, uh, you know, like the cops will still pull you over and hassle you for it. It may be legal, but that doesn't mean you're still going to get away with it. And next you got uh, a lady who looks like someone's mom. Bernice yeah, Reinhardt. I think she's on a treadmill, too. It looks like a treadmill console that's in front of her. <laughs> it does. It does not look like a game console. I see a keypad there. <laughs> and we get to uh, see the Dodongos. That's who right. Who are not the Triceratops that uh, Brandon loves. But mm. basically, like a uh, some sort of a, big a worm. It's like a worm, but with the same mouth as like those Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy green things. Oh, I know it. They're hungry, hungry hippos. That's what they are. Yeah, pretty much. And then we get to see how to defeat the evil eagle, which is great because you it, he throws his feathers at you, so you got to have your shield up. He also tries to <laughs> blow you off with wing gusts. So you got to keep running forward. And then when he swoops over you, you use the hook shot to uh, hit, give him a good pow right in the kisser. So what? what is he, like Archangel from the X-Men, where the feathers are <laughs> razor sharp? I mean, come on. <laughs> he's Yeah, he's death. He's going to literally Archangel. knock you over with a feather? I mean, give me a break. He's Archangel death. <laughs> and Cute. then we get some... Uh, Q&A facts about Secret of the Stars which was another great game from uh, Tecmo I mm -hmm. believe it was an RPG it was pretty good and then Dragon View which I don't remember too much and then Donkey Kong Land yep very good let's and mo then, move on to now playing exactly and here we see Cutthroat Island you don't need a hoist a Jolly Roger to experience swashbuckling action these days you just need a super NES and uh, what it tells us is good theme, two-player cooperative action, some cool fencing moves, treasure hunt contest, challenging. Mm. However, flat graphics, 
Some of the stages are tedious, repetitive, repetitious action, simple enemy AI. In other words, you know, the things that really make a game. Yeah. So. Alright. They follow that up with an entirely different (laughs) game. Cutthroat Island. (laughs) That's right. Uh, They, They reviewed it for the SNES. Now they're going to review it for the Game Boy. Fun theme. Introduction of new moves in the game. Can't imagine that. No <laughs> Super Game Boy enhanced features, however. Slow play control, no password. You and don't even the get worst nice... graphics you've ever seen in your life. The <laughs> oh, sprites. Friggin- oh my oh, god. That do- look at that Doppler effect in the background. <laughs> the sprites are barely humanoid. It's about the best you could say for it. This it's is like, like Atari level. What what was it? Those uh, old handheld games. Tiger, Tiger games. Yeah, it looks like those, like like a slightly better version of those graphics. Wow, <laughs> With uh, the most I, orange background. Uh, so orange, <laughs> the orangest. And then we got NHL '96. Uh, NHL license, lots of game modes, quick action. However, limited close-up view of the rank. Now onto an, an actual. Okay, game. wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. They actually put NHL license. As a positive feature. That's not a positive feature. That's the fucking definition of it. <laughs> it's the title. <laughs> this is an NFL, an NHL game. It's That's not NHL. a positive feature. <laughs> yeah, this NHL game has NHL teams in it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then the Smurfs. Cuteness rules in this Smurfacious debut for Game Boy. So much blue, painful to look at. <laughs> you, you almost are relieved when you see the Smurf in that one picture in the bottom right, where you've yeah. got him bat with that, a sky background where the sky is actually white. You're like, oh my god, I can I can distinguish the sprite. Some color disparity. Finally, <laughs> it says nice big character graphics, good use of Super Game Boy enhancements. However, not too challenging. Well, that's all right. If you want to challenge, we've got 3D Tetris for the Virtual Boy. It automatically saves puzzle mode and all high scores. You can adjust the settings and positive, very challenging. Negative, players won't find it easy to spend the hours they spent on the original Tetris. Oh, you mean with the you mean with the with that occasional epilepsy kicking in? Oh, that's right without them uh, collapsing to the ground with either a blinding headache or an epileptic seizure. God, look at how look at how shitty this coverage was this month. There's only five games in the now playing. Five games to be reviewed. And the the biggest the biggest pick got two two editors <laughs> giving it a thumbs up and that was 3D Tetris. Oh my. Oh fuck, this is this is sad. This is so sad. Fake games. Sad. <laughs> oh, oh, speaking of sad, look at the ice strain on this banner for the Virtual Boy. Oh, oh. God, this hurts. Yeah, I can't. Closing my eyes. Just as blue as the Smurfs was, this thing is incredibly red. It's ink red Oh, and the uh, blackness. So they're... The darkness. They're... Uh, 
Yeah, wow, this is incredible. How can you distinguish anything? Did you own a Virtual Boy? No. I didn't even know it existed until a, a year or two ago. I had, I had no clue that this... <laughs> until we told you about it? Yeah, basically. So I, I, I hadn't seen anything about it. This is just as bad as you guys were talking about. Unbelievable. Although I am glad that I picked golf for... What was it? The best graphics on this in the nesters? Because look at that. That actually looks like a guy oh fuck it who am I kidding this this looks like shit <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a guy if he was playing golf in hell <laughs> that's about it you, you can't you can barely see his club all you can really tell is that he's kind of with his body curved off to the left as if he's just swung but you can't really see the club he's just kind of dancing there oh man <laughs> Nestor's funky bowling. Oh, okay, I gotta play that. That that actually doesn't look too bad for uh, the standards of the Virtual Boy. You play got that a funky you bowling got, white boy. Yeah. Yeah, that was my uh, sport back in the day. I don't know. This Panic Bomber looks look looks somewhat decent, like uh, Yoshi's Cookie or Bubble Bobble. No, not yeah. Bubble Bobble. Um, like bejeweled or Candy Crush. Yeah, you can kind of distinguish the the pieces in there. Mario's tennis got, looks okay as well. And then Tolero Boxer, which is basically a black fucking cube. <laughs> Tolero Boxer pits you against futuristic pugilists in a modified punch-out perspective. <laughs> <laughs> punch-out exclamation point exclamation point perspective no capital no uppercase oh shit this is so sad 3D Tetris well thankfully they spared us the pictures because we've seen enough of them throughout this issue that's right see this month's regular issues now playing for the coverage of 3D Tetris that's never stopped them before (laughs) Uh, Virtual Boy where Wario is facing off with something what is it like a dragon? Wow! I can't tell. And in Waterworld, which I mean, it looks <laughs> like there's an actual background, unlike the game itself. All I can tell is that there is a background. I mean, that's like the deepest of Twilight. Good luck distinguishing anything. Oh, and then Virtual League Baseball, which in case you're a batter standing at a plate and. Maybe there's a pitcher somewhere in the darkness. <laughs> I honestly can't tell. Maybe a ball's coming, maybe it's not. Yeah, just like your dating life. Ooh. <laughs> Easy shot. And, and then after that, we have the pack watch, which tells us about power pegs. And look at that intro screen. Which uh, really looks like uh, a coloring book. Yeah, it's uh, coming from the Frantic Flea school of game design and graphics. <laughs> and it's, wow. it's by Titus. These people should know better. This game looks like... This, these look like games that developers make while they're in school for their projects. Just so that, you know, it says like, okay, now you've got the fundamentals. Now you can make a game that actually looks good. Or... 
Or you could just go to work for, for Titus. This is weird. Like, some of these backgrounds look great, but the characters themselves look like fucking doodles. Yeah. Like, in the bottom right, you get to see uh, a pig with a sword and a shirt that's riding up, letting his gut hang out. And he's apparently facing off against, like, a wood dragon in a Dr. Seuss-style forest. He looks like Hong Kong Fooey on steroids. <laughs> Got that nice big old jaw. Yeah, it's like some of these graphics look great. Like, you look at the backgrounds of some of the enemies, they look rich and lush, but the main character and that title page just looks shit. Yeah, yeah, I can't get over the main title page. And is that supposed to be like a sexy girl pig as an archer? Is she <laughs> <like a red-tops? laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Do I turn you on, baby? No. No, you don't. Oh my god. Oh man. That's a pretty good uh, dragon sprite, though, in the bottom right hand corner. It is. I, I, See, I like that. This is like a, a big game, but their main hero looks like shit. <laughs> the, the background's like, what the hell are we looking at? The ba- in the bottom left, it looks like you're. It looks like you're. This village is built on a giant, tim- a giant potato. With little uh, things, with the little eyes growing out. But not like human eyes, but potato eyes. That's right. This looks like a good place to put our city with all the spikes and gigantic teeth that are planted in the ground. Yeah, we're in the, we're in the village where bones grow out of the ground. <laughs> oh, well. Let's move on to Disney's Pocahontas. Interaction and cooperative puzzle solving are the key words for the Game Boy version of Pocahontas from Black Pearl. And each of these screenshots is about... The, the actual game footage is about eh, a half of what's in <laughs> everything else. Because they show you the uh, a nice-looking border. However, the screenshots themselves are so small that you can't really see the gameplay that much. I gotta hand it to them though. Uh, the title screen actually looks like Pocahontas. It, it looks decent. What? You know, going off of the Power Pig standard, it's a at least a half step above that. Ooh, so, I I did not see this next game. I never heard of this. Kirby's Block Ball. So it's basically Kirby if he was the ball in Breakout. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. They just repurposed Breakout and slapped Kirby on it. It says features four-directional multi-paddle play. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> Wait, there was a paddle controller for the Game Boy? Mm, I, I very much doubt it. Or, or paddle, not like the, not like the contr- not like the console paddle, but like the little disc thing that you bounce the ball off of. Yeah, I think that's what they're referring to. And then we get to see Super NES cards, classics. Very good. You you, uh, had much to drink tonight? (laughs) I drink some classics. I'm four Pepsis deep. (laughs) Oh, God. Slow down, Mike. Slow down. Yeah, they, they reiterate 
that some of these and it, the best Super NES games haven't been available for some time, but that's going to change this spring. And they show a couple of screenshots of Mario Kart and a screenshot of Link to the Past. Where Link is visiting a fat fairy. <laughs> yeah, the fairy design throughout the Zelda franchise is very strange. I, I really like the one from Ocarina of Time. <laughs> oh, they're so angular and pointy. They just look... It's like they're supposed to be hot, but... They're in a world where everything is ugly. And they've got these weird... They're not tattoos, but they might flowery. as well be tattooed. Yeah, flowery patterns yeah. all over their bodies. Flowery bras. Right. Yeah, the the cone bras of Madonna. Just... <laughs> we are in a world without curves. All right, they also talk about how Disney drops the ball. Oh, no. Disappointment reigned on our parade here at Packwatch recently when we learned from Disney Interactive that two of their Super NES titles have been canceled and one delayed until the fall. Oh, no. Gargoyles fell victim to soggy sales predictions predicted upon the poor performance of Genesis Gargoyle sale. So that's right. We're not going to get Gargoyles on the Super NES because it bombed on that shitty Genesis. Hmm. DI execs fail to note that the Super NES comp dominates the video game market. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Stroke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big magazine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I'm going to leave the two of you alone. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and it says Pocahontas also fell into the abyss of corporate cutting. Why, was it listening to too much Evanescence? No, they just uh, found out exactly what Mel Brooks, or uh, Mel Brooks, Mel Gibson was saying. (laughs) Ah, it says partially due to concerns about potential sales. Oh, so now rumors are... uh, Partially due to concerns about the quality of the game, which still isn't finished. Yeah, because, you know, when the title screen is the best looking part of the game, you might want to pick up on that. And then we talk about flee for your life. Oh, great, we're still talking about this fucking piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah, but it looks just as good as before. They got a screenshot of the flea, I guess, the main character with that uh, Nicktoons Jr. as like Hey Arnold or something. It looks like (laughs) shit. Then they've got the Killer Instinct cards from Topps Publishing. Oh, I, I'm sure you had those back in the day, right, Mike? Oh, yeah, right next to my Garbage Pails kids. <laughs> now those I collected. They were both done by Topps. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't understand why my mother didn't like the character Pin Lin. <laughs> or the one that's constantly barfing everywhere. Yeah. God, my parents were saints. My kids wanted me to buy those. <laughs> Slap them upside the head. Like, no, what are you doing? Go get some Pokemon cards. Come on. I'm just kidding. I'll never slap my kids upside the head. Can you imagine if Topps got got the rights to that? Mm. Putting out, like, Pukachu? (laughs) Pukachu. Oh, Lord. 
However, the Pack Watch does have some good news. If you love puzzle games, great news, incredible news for you. A Japanese game called Panel de Pon from Which Nintendo. Really sound, that sounds like a Jamaican game. Yeah, Panel de Pon Man. Panel de Pon. Original game aimed at young female players. Oh, that's good. And featured winged fairies, because of course, girls love fairies. Oh boy, we're still in uh, that phase. Oh yeah. Uh, did you hear that? Uh, did you ever see the movie Ladybugs? No. Had Ronnie Dangerfield running a girls' soccer team. Mm. And there was like one girl that like didn't want to play, so I think they put like sticker, like little unicorn and fairy stickers on the ball, so she would get like interested in it. Oh no. Oh, that's not the most egregious thing. Like, there were like he like. There was a boy who was great at soccer, but he didn't like the he like they wouldn't let him on the boys' team. So uh-huh. Rodney put him in drag to make him play on the girls' team. Nice. Oh, and and of course that's when these fourteen and thirteen year old like this team has people between the ages of like twelve and sixteen on the team, and for some reason their assistant coach decides as a celebration to take them all skinny dipping. And, oh, boy, it looks like the the cross-dressing boy is in trouble. Oh, no. Uh, All right, let's move on. I think I'm going to get arrested by proxy just by hearing that. (laughs) All right, so we got the release forecast coming up for the Super NES, the Virtual Boy, and the Game Boy. A lot of the games that we've been talking about tonight, Smurfs, Pocahontas, Lobo, Frantic Flea, 3D Tetris and all sorts of mostly mediocre games. Yeah, they're all coming out in the spring of '96. Oh boy, we'll look Except forward for to Lobo. that. Except for Lobo. Except for Lobo, which didn't. And we were all grateful. That's right. All right, let's finish we, this bad boy off. Let's talk oh, a exclusive interview with a guy who looks like a cardboard cutout. <laughs> I think he actually is. <laughs> Even his cardboard cutout doesn't want to be here. <laughs> oh, sweet goddamn! This is so like this guy. He looks like he's got a triple chin, but he's not overweight. <laughs> oh, he's got man. a Peter Griffin style chin, and then like some. Like some chins under that, but he's not fat. Yeah. He's clearly a, a firebrand there. You can see the par- personality just shooting out of him. Oh yes, out of his, out of his beige jacket and his gray undershirt. <laughs> Incredibly yeah. bland expression. Yeah. Oh so gosh. Nintendo Power uh, got on their knees to. I mean, uh, <laughs> sat down with him to. Ask him some direct questions, hard-hitting ones. Yeah, first off, Cardboard Cutout Man's real name is Ginyo Takeda, who is the unsung father of the Nintendo 64. He's been the general manager of research and development. And they ask him uh, real hard-hitting questions like, what part of Nintendo 64 performance impresses you the most? (laughs) What was the most difficult part of developing the system? 
Well, the most difficult part was limiting the cost. I'm so sorry. You're just going to have to fork over more money, more money. No, I mean, uh, sorry. We we're keeping the costs low. Yeah. Uh, what other projects are in the work for the N64, such as a modem, for instance? <laughs> oh, wow. You know, these guys couldn't even manage a 64 disk drive. Yeah. With its writable capability that can be used in networking in the future. Well, they got to hang around with that shit. All we got was a rumble pack for our controller. Oh, they have a, some nice pictures of the interior of the 64. The it looks kind of plain underneath when you see it. Yeah. At the game port, you got like three heat sinks or, you know, protected CPUs. Yeah. And we got a, <laughs> for the multi-tap player, instead of a 64, we've got a 69. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, well. Uh, oh, well. Let's finish this off. Uh, coming next issue, Star Wars Shadow of the Shadows of the Empire. Between Star Wars and Return of the Jedi, a new story is about to unfold on the Nintendo 64. It's a nice... Uh, yeah, we got a Winter Stormtrooper who doesn't look like a Klansman at all. No, not at all, not at all. And you can you can tell that he's kind of holding that gun there in between... Uh, <laughs> It's like he's holding the gun. He's like he's balancing the gun on the back of his hand, on the back of his fingers. It's like he's about to serve it to you at a restaurant. <laughs> Would you care to have the blaster tonight? <laughs> Either that or the gun is so cold, it's just like it's like burning his fingers. That's so he's right. just trying to bounce it. It's like, come on, you, you see the mittens I've got on here? I can't squeeze the trigger. Best I can do is just hold this thing. Or throw it. <laughs> Yeah. So they're going to talk more about Kirby's block ball, more pigs, that pigs game. Oh, Is you're it, does it say time. butt slam on that box? Butts? What box are you looking at? The insert. And, and for pigs power, look, you got the pig staring at a, uh, at a crate. And I'm pretty sure it says butt slam with an arrow pointing at the crate to let you know where you're supposed to butt slam. God, I gotta visit your optometrist, man. He, he's got you seeing things like I. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yes, I think it actually does say butt slam, but I can't believe you read that. <laughs> oh, what are what what are you reading these things on your like your pebbles? I just have like a regular sized monitor. Yeah, apparently you're the only one on this show. John, Ben, everybody else has been dealing with a little itty bitty iPod or something. They're watching it on their on their iPod first gens. That's right. Just wheel scrolling from one to from one page to the next. Alright, then they got a list of games for the Super NES, the Game Boy, the Virtual Boy. Nice long list and uh some descriptions of back issues of Nintendo Power. Try to oh, tempt yeah, you to... to see a lovely cascade of games, and among them is Yoshi's Island, Killer Instinct, Mortal Kombat 3, and Secret of Evermore. Yeah, not a bad Another lineup. game, another game we need to play. 
We need to do like one RPG, at least one RPG uh, a year. We did Tales right. of Fantasia for last year, so we're up for a game for this year. Very good. Well, that that wraps us up. I think we're down to the the end of the magazine. So, yeah. So Mike, you want to handle the wrap up? How people can find the show? Well, you're listening to it, so you already did. But if you want to tell someone else how to find the show, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Playing With Power Podcast. You can also find us on. You can also support the show. Kick us a dollar or two at Patreon.com/slash Playing With Power. I believe. And, I'll take your well, word for it. The details are on the Facebook page. If I gave you the right one. That's and, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Maybe you'll find us, and if you do, maybe you'll kick us a few bucks. If you find something that's not us, then you tell them to give up their name so that we're easier to find. <laughs> yeah, and then you go over to the graveyard shift, and you tell them the same thing. Yeah, tell them stop talking about Jesus. Because mm. again, fuck, how do you get a graveyard shift like that? And it's not a horror podcast. It's about Jesus. <laughs> That's right. Oh. We're we're sitting outside the tomb and we're waiting. <laughs> it's been a couple thousand years, so you know he he he's due. He's due. And we got a lot to talk about while we wait. Anyway. <sighs> And then we got the taste test. If you listen to this feed, you will also eventually hear new episodes of the taste test with me, Ivan, and Brandon just serving up tasty morsels of reviews and deciding whether we will substitute anything, come back for seconds, or send it back. Yeah, the next uh, coming up, I think, is Ninja Gaiden. Pretty good game. I enjoyed playing it. Enjoyed talking about it. Yeah, it was a fun game until I couldn't play it anymore. <laughs> yeah, it is a hard, hard-ass game, but a good one. And you can you can also check out the Geek Fallout Productions Facebook page and iTunes feed for the return of my show Techno Babble, which was my very first podcast. So very that's good. coming back. Looking forward we're to back it. The orig- we're bringing back the original fifteen, so you'll get to hear what I was like when I first got started in this. In this game, when the game chose me. You mean this is, uh, we, we're going to hear you before this polished professional version? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and you can also check me out on the Graveyard Shift at the Graveyard at Facebook.com slash the Graveyard Shift Pod or the Graveyard Shift Horror with Sheldon and Mike on iTunes, Google, wherever you found this, you can find that. Yes, and that one is a good listen. I never miss an episode. Very entertaining. We we review horror movies. We talk about the good, the bad, things that just make us say what the fuck. And also we toss in our own deleted scenes or skits. It's a very, very fun time. And by the time you hear this, we we will have spoken with Lloyd Kaufman, the creator and director of Troma Films, The Toxic Avenger, Sergeant Kabuki Man, Poultry Geist, Night of the Chicken Dead... Uh, that guy, if you like, if you know him, you love him. He gives great interviews. He's always just a, a goofy, wacky, creepy guy. So we're gonna have a like we're we're just on cloud nine. We're so excited, and by the time you hear this, we will have we'll be having that ready on the graveyard shift. And then uh, Ben's got a new podcast 
Yes. <laughs> yes, repeat one, where he gives the brief synopsis on the artist or the song that uh, is just so good, you could just listen to it for hours because it just speaks to you. It's got, like, a message to it. And he'll give a story and a bit of a sample of the song. Like, usually the podcast is shorter than the song itself because, I don't know, standards are... He's afraid of getting copyright strikes or something. But it's a nice little show. Absolutely. And I'm sure he's going to love hearing me, like, like back away slowly from his, <laughs> from right. his show. And it's a fantastic can... show. As I scrape slowly backwards, I have no interest in it. No, kidding. And good, you won't find show. John because he's not doing anything. Well, not anything that he... Uh, wants to let us know about anyhow. <laughs> yeah, not you know, anything that want, needs to be known. Doesn't want the cops around. No. So, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Until uh, next time, I'm Mike. I'm Ivan. And you've been playing with power. Entertainment system. Now you're playing with power.